Alright, this evening uh, we'll be in Deuteronomy chapters 13 and 14. <clears throat> Just a quick reset. We are in the middle uh, of Deuteronomy here. And at the middle of a section that spans Deuteronomy 6 through Deuteronomy 26, which uh, we have already uh, talked about and established is, is an extended commentary uh, on the Decalogue on the Ten Words, on the Ten Commandments. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapters 13 and 14 are a commentary on the Third Commandment. So if you just turn back a few pages uh, in your Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 5, which is where we see the Ten Commandments uh, given by Moses again to this second generation of Israelites, uh, after the first generation of Israelites was brought out of Egypt in the Exodus and then fell in the wilderness because of their unbelief. So this is the second <coughs> generation of Israelites uh, after the Exodus on the east side of the Jordan River. And in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 11, we read this. Moses speaking to Israel, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord Yahweh will not leave him unpunished. Who takes his name in vain. And so this is the third commandment, uh, which obviously you can also find back in Exodus 20, the book of the covenant, the first time uh, that Moses provides the Ten Commandments to Israel. So we will pick up this evening in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 13, uh, verse 1. If a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or the wonder comes true concerning which he spoke to you, <coughs> saying, Let us go after other gods whom you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall follow the Lord your God and fear Him, and you shall keep His commandments, listen to His voice, serve Him, and cling to Him. But that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death, because he has counseled rebellion against the Lord your God, who brought you from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery, to seduce you from the way in which the Lord your God commanded you to walk. So you shall purge the evil from among you. If your brother, your mother's son, or your son or daughter, or the wife you cherish, or your friend who is as your own soul, entice you secretly, saying, Let us go and serve other gods, whom neither you nor your fathers have known, of the gods of the peoples who are around you, near you, or far from you, from one end of the earth to the other end, you shall not yield to him or listen to him, and your eyes shall not pity him, nor shall you spare or conceal him. But you shall surely kill him. Your hand shall be first against him to put him to death, and afterwards the hand of all the people. So you shall stone him to death, because he has sought to seduce you from the Lord your God, who brought you out from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Then all Israel will hear and be afraid, and will never again do such a wicked thing among you. Verse 12. If you hear in one of your cities which the Lord your God is giving you to live in, anyone saying that some worthless men have gone out from among you and have seduced the inhabitants of their city, saying, Let us go and serve other gods whom you have not known, then you shall investigate and search out and inquire thoroughly. And if it is true in the matter established that this abomination has been done among you, 
You shall surely strike the inhabitant of that city with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying it, and all that is in it, and its cattle with the edge of the sword. Then you shall gather all, all its booty into the middle of its open square, and burn the city and all its booty with fire, as a whole burnt offering to the Lord your God. And it shall be a ruin forever. It shall never be rebuilt. And nothing from that which is put under the ban shall cling to your hand, in order that the Lord may turn from his burning anger <coughs> and show mercy to you, and have compassion on you and make you increase, just as he has sworn to your fathers, if you will listen to the voice of the Lord your God, keeping all his commandments which I am commanding you today, and doing what is right in the sight of the Lord your God. Alright, so uh, this is uh, one chapter. Uh, of two chapters here, the first of two chapters, uh, uh, commentary on the third commandment. And, and really, at the end of the day, this the nature of the third commandment violation here in Deuteronomy 13 is uh, false prophets speaking in Yahweh's name or false prophets that are enticing Israelites to serve other gods. You can see that, for example, in verse 2. So you have this false prophet who has a, he's a, in verse 1, a dreamer of dreams, right? He has, uh, gives you a sign or a wonder. And even if that sign or the wonder comes true, okay, or the dream comes true, and yet that false prophet entices Israel to go after another God. Again, speaking in the name of Yahweh, but then enticing Israel to serve other gods. This is a clear third commandment violation, using God's name in vain. And we see here that the consequences of such a violation are quite severe. Uh, before we get to the consequences, note verse 3. Moses says very clearly that the Lord your God is testing you to find out if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. So clearly we see here that God allows for testing. He allows for testing in the life of Israel. He allows for testing in the lives of all of his saints. <coughs> in verse 4, I noted uh, as I was reading, you shall follow the Lord your God and fear him and you shall keep his commandments. Listen to his voice. Listen to his voice. And this is obviously significant in the context of Deuteronomy chapter 13 because there's another voice that's coming. The voice of this prophet or dreamer of dreams that is enticing Israel to follow after other gods. And we have the same exhortation today, I believe, to ensure that we are listening to and for God's voice. There are many uh, sirens around us that are singing to us and wooing us away from the Lord our God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are exhorted with Israel here in Deuteronomy 13 verse 4 to listen to his voice. And I would submit to you that uh, the overwhelming <laughs> primary uh, way that we listen to God's voice is by reading and meditating on his written word. And so that's why we are all here tonight, the exhortation to listen to the voice of God. Verse 5, the consequence for this false prophet or this dreamer of dreams that is enticing Israel to serve other gods. That prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death. 
There is no uh, uncertainty uh, in this command. And I just, as I was uh, thinking and uh, meditating on on this text this evening, what came into my mind was uh, James chapter 3, verse 1. Uh, that uh, let not many of you desire to become teachers before teachers will be held to a stricter judgment. And so uh, this should put all uh, elders and and pastors, especially uh, Bible teachers, um, in some amount of fear, quite frankly, uh, lest we speak in the name of the Lord and not speak the Lord's words. So the consequence here of uh, providing this uh, prophecy or this this dream and subsequently enticing Israel to follow after false gods is death. This is a capital crime in the nation of Israel. At the end of verse 5, perhaps uh, you recognized or you have a cross-reference that you noticed, the last sentence there <coughs> in verse 5, so you shall purge the evil from among you. Uh, the Apostle Paul actually quotes uh, here uh, Deuteronomy 13 verse 5 in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 13 as he's discussing there in that section of 1 Corinthians um, the sexual immorality that was going on in the church in Corinth. And so uh, Paul looks back here on this particular text and commands the Corinthians to purge the evil from among them even under the the terms of the New Covenant and the New Covenant Church. In verse 6, there uh, are no exceptions for this capital crime. You see here you have uh, a brother listed, right? So uh, a a member of your family. You have sons and daughters. You have a wife or a spouse. And you have a friend your best friend, who is as your own soul, if any of these people in your life entices you, Moses speaking to the Israelites, entices you secretly, saying, Let us go and serve other gods whom neither you nor your fathers have known. Verse 8, You shall not yield to him or listen to him. Your eyes shall not pity him, nor shall you spare or conceal him, but you shall surely kill him. Your hand shall be first. And so in the life and religion of Israel, the person uh, who was specifically enticed, even by his or her closest family members, um, enticed to follow after false gods, was under obligation in the Mosaic Law to be the first to put his hand against that person whom he loved. Uh, To throw the first stone or cast the first stone. Verse 10, So you shall stone him, that is the false prophet, to death, because he has sought to seduce you from the Lord your God, who brought you out from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Right again, so very um, strict consequences, capital crime for enticing Israel to follow after false gods. And then we see in verse 11, Then all Israel will hear and be afraid and will never again do such a wicked thing among you. What do we see here? We see this, this principle that, that public punishment is preventative. Public punishment is pre- preventative. It 
um, suppresses crime. And there's uh, not not to put too much of a cultural commentary on it. I think that in many ways we have lost this idea uh, in the, in not just in our country but in Western culture. But he, very here in very much here in the Mosaic Law, there's this idea that public punishment is preventative for the culture, and specifically for the culture of the Israelites. The assumption here is that this would only have to happen once. This would only have to happen once. Then all Israel will hear about it, and they will be afraid, and will never again do such a wicked thing among you. The false prophets would not be so brash in Israel if they knew that one of their own had already been publicly executed. And not only just executed, but executed by having the person most closely related to that false prophet be the one to cast the first stone. Then Moses moves on in verses 12 and following, uh, not just to this individual enticement, but now to uh, a larger scale enticement. So here we have in verse 12, if you hear in one of your cities which the Lord your God is giving you to live live in, anyone saying that some worthless men have gone out from among you and have seduced the inhabitants of their city, saying, let us go and serve other gods. Verse 15, you shall strike the inhabitants of that city with the edge of the sword. And so, again, we see uh, this enticement towards the worship of false gods is a capital crime in Israel. And there is to be no sparing of anyone in the city who goes along with that worship of the false gods, there is to be no pity, as we saw already in verse 8. And I just want to note one more thing as we finish up Deuteronomy uh, 13 for this evening. In verse 17, uh, the, the New American Standard Version reads as I read it, and nothing <clears throat> from that which is put under the ban. And we've had this conversation before, but I just wanted to remind you, uh, probably your translation, if you're not reading a New American Standard uh, 1995 version, it may read, uh, nothing that is devoted to destruction shall cling to your hand. And so everything in that city, all of the booty, as uh, it was referred to uh, in verse 16, everything in that city is to be burned in the center of the city and purged from Israel. We see the result as we finish up here of that, devoting those things in that city and even the people and the cattle to destruction We see the purpose clause in verse 17. In order that the Lord Yahweh may turn from his burning anger and show mercy to you and have compassion on you and make you increase, just as he has sworn to your fathers, if you will listen to the voice of the Lord your God, keeping all his commandments which I am commanding you today, Moses speaking, and doing what is right in the sight of the Lord your God. So we see Deuteronomy 13 discusses this third commandment violation for prophets speaking in the name of Yahweh and enticing others to follow gods that are not Yahweh. In Deuteronomy chapter 14, we move uh, and transition 
immediately to portions of what we would call the Holiness Code. So the Holiness Code uh, <coughs> was what we had considered back in our study of Leviticus. The Holiness Code is designed to set apart Israel from all of the pagan peoples, um, the, the pagan peoples that they had left in Egypt as well as the pagan peoples that they were going to displace in the land of Canaan, the seven nations there, right? And so we had gone, we spent many weeks uh, going through that portion of Leviticus in the Holiness Code, which is primarily characterized by the second half of the book of Leviticus. And I want you, if you would, turn back with me to Leviticus 22, because I want to show you how this is tied to a third commandment violation. Leviticus 22. The reason why the Holiness Code appears here as part of the commentary on the Third Commandment, and remember the Third Commandment, is you shall not take the name of the Lord in vain. We see how this is tied this to the Holiness Code. In Leviticus 22, the last three verses of the chapter as we were working our way through the Holiness Code in Leviticus, beginning in Leviticus 22, verse 31. So you shall keep my commandments. This is the Lord speaking, obviously. So you shall keep my commandments and do them. I am the Lord, and you shall not profane my holy name. But I will be sanctified among the sons of Israel. I am the Lord who sanctifies you, who brought you out from the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord, Yahweh. And so you see in Leviticus 22, verse 32, and of course this isn't the only place where it says this. It's just an instructive place for us to go to understand what's happening here in Deuteronomy 14. Is that we have to understand that the Lord's name itself is holy. The Lord's name itself is holy. And he says, I will be sanctified, I will be set apart among the sons of Israel. And I am the Lord who sets you apart. And so in this verse, Leviticus 22:32, we see the setting apart of Israel, which takes place primarily through the holiness code in the Mosaic law, is tied directly to the holiness of God's name. Which subsequently, of course, is tied to the third commandment. You shall not take my name in vain. And so that's how we get to the holiness code in the transition between Deuteronomy 13 and Deuteronomy 14. As we pick up with the division of the clean and unclean animals. Deuteronomy 14, beginning in verse 1. You are the sons of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourselves nor shave your forehead for the sake of the dead. For you are a holy people. There it is, the holiness code. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. And the Lord <coughs> has chosen you to be a people for his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Verse 3, You shall not eat any detestable thing. These are the animals which you may eat. And then the next three verses summarize the, uh, the clean animals. Picking up in verse 7, Nevertheless, you are not to eat of these among those which chew the cud, or among those that divide the hoof in two. And then the rest through chapter 8 are the unclean animals. Verse 9, These you may eat of all that are in water. 
Anything that has fins and scales you may eat, but anything that does not have fins and scales you shall not eat. It is unclean for you. Verse 11, you may eat any clean bird, but these are the ones which you shall not eat. And then that list goes down through verse 18, verse 19. And all the teeming life with wings are unclean to you. They shall not be eaten. You may eat any clean Bird, verse 21, you shall not eat anything which dies of itself. You may give it to the alien who is in your town so that he may eat it, or you may sell it to a foreigner. Why? For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. You shall not boil a kid in its mother's milk. And so we'll pause there for now. We see that this is the briefest of summaries of the holiness code itself as denoted by mostly the dietary laws clean and unclean animals which may and may not be eaten it begins with one verse talking about uh, the tattoos cutting themselves shaving their foreheads for the sake of the dead which are clearly pagan rituals uh, in which both the Egyptians and the Canaanites were involved in and so clearly this is just a summary Moses is not interested in providing all of the holiness code, again, which would be found in the second half of the book of Leviticus, which we have spent much time going through. You can go back there and uh, remind yourself of what's going on in the holiness code there. But essentially what's going on in the holiness code is that the Israelites are commanded to be separated from the pagan peoples behind them in Egypt and in front of them in Canaan. And finally, as we finish up in Deuteronomy chapter 14, we will discuss the tithe. Verse 22, you shall surely tithe all the produce from what you sow, which comes out of the field every year. And you shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God at the place where he chooses to establish his name. The tithe of your grain, your new wine, your oil, and the firstborn of your herd and your flock in order that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. And if the distance is so great for you that you are not able to bring the tithe, since the place where the Lord your God chooses to set his name is too far away from you when the Lord your God blesses you, then you shall exchange it for money and bind the money in your hand and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. And you may spend the money for whatever your heart desires, for oxen or sheep or wine or strong drink or whatever your heart desires. And there you shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice, you and your household. Also, you shall not neglect the Levite who is in your town, for he has no portion or inheritance among you. At the end of every third year, you shall bring out all the tithe of your produce in that year, and shall deposit it in your town. And the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance among you, and the alien, the orphan, and the widow who are in your town, shall come and eat and be satisfied, in order that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. Alright, so again, there's a little bit of an abrupt transition here between verses 21 and 22, but all of this falls under the banner of things being set apart as holy. And the tithe itself is set apart and holy for the Lord God. And so you see that you shall surely tithe all the produce from what you sow, verse 22, which comes out of the field 
every year. This portion should be set apart as holy. And then, man, this is really interesting text, right? In verses 23-24, You shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God at the place where He chooses to establish His name. So, those tithes are intended by God to be collected, set apart and collected, and then taken to the place that God will choose. Again, we know that ultimately that ended up being Jerusalem, the city of David, that would come Uh, a couple of hundred years after this in the time of David. So about 500 years between the time when Deuteronomy is happening and when David uh, goes in and possesses Jerusalem. Uh, Not quite 500 years, but close enough. A few hundred years. So God establishes a place. He tells them he's going to establish a place in Canaan where his name would reside. And the Israelites are to bring the tithe there, the tithe of what they sow every year. Then there's this verse of grace in verse 24, right? Because the logistics of that might be extremely difficult, especially when we're talking about animals and we're talking about crops. Uh, And so in verse 24, the Lord says through Moses, and if the distance is so great for you that you are not able to bring the tithe, since the place where the Lord your God chooses to set his name is too far away from you when the Lord God blesses you. So there's an anticipation that the Lord is going to bless Israel in such a magnanimous way that of course uh, the way he promised to Abraham back in Genesis 15 they will possess the land all the way from Gaza in the south the Mediterranean Sea in the west all the way up into Syria in the north and all the way to the Euphrates River in the east and so this is a a relatively large piece of land that God is ultimately going to provide to the Israelites and when he blesses them and fulfills his promises to Abraham in Genesis 15 perhaps if you're living on the outer extremities of that portion of land and the logistics of you getting all of your tithe to what will ultimately become Jerusalem is too difficult for you then God says cash them in cash it in and bring the cash with you to the place that God will choose. You see that in verse 25. Bind the money in your hand and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. And then this incredible verse, verse 26. You may spend the money for whatever your heart desires. For oxen, or sheep, or wine, or strong drink, or whatever your heart desires. And there, in the place that the Lord your God chooses, you shall eat in the presence of the Lord your God and rejoice, you and your household. I personally find this verse to be Incredible, right? The the question is, what is the tithe set apart for? Yes, it's set apart for the Lord. It is indeed holy. But ultimately, the setting apart of that tithe is so that Israel can eat, drink, and rejoice in the presence of the Lord their God. God doesn't need our food. The psalmist says, if he was hungry, he wouldn't tell us. 
He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. God commands Israel to set aside the tithe so that they might eat and drink and rejoice in His presence. I just, I just find that to be amazing. A reminder, verse 27. Also you shall not neglect the Levite who is in your town, for he has no portion or inheritance among you. How does this fit into the holiness code? Well, we remember that the Levites themselves are holy. They are set apart from Israel for the service of God, to participate in the worship of God in the tabernacle and then subsequently in the temple which Solomon would build 500 years later. Verse 28, At the end of every third year you shall bring out all the tithe of your produce in that year and shall deposit it in your town. And the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance among you, and the alien, the orphan, and the widow who are in your town shall come and eat and be satisfied in order that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. So we see that this every third year tithe is set apart for those who are in need. Again, not for God. They are set apart in a sense for the Lord Yahweh. But ultimately, ultimately, they are the means by which the Lord provides for those who who are in need in Israel. And in this, I, I, I just see so much uh, grace and mercy. We had seen in previous sessions when we got together this command, uh, at the last time we were together, the command to rejoice in Deuteronomy chapter 12. And we see that command here again in Deuteronomy chapter 14. And so this ought to uh, cause us to um, just worship God for His grace and His mercy and His blessings that He pours out on us. It ought to make us, as uh, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 9, it ought to make us cheerful givers, cheerful givers, um, returning to God in a sense that a portion of that which He has provided to us that His kingdom might grow to the ends of the earth. Alright, so that's Deuteronomy chapters 13 and 14, a bit of an extended commentary on uh, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain. And in that we, saw, we see, of course, that God's name is holy and those who speak for God uh, also, also ought uh, themselves to be holy as well.